welcome to a brand new episode of Markers on the Map. Each week it's games, news, and more from the classics to the current gen as we explore gaming's infinite ever-changing landscape. Check out the gaming adventure on Twitter at Markers on the Map, and thanks for listening. All right, I got one for us. For what? What you got? The markers on the map, jumbo coloring and activity book. Jumbo color, uh, an activity book. What kind of activity? We got drawings in there. We got some preset drawings. We got puzzles. Yeah. So when I was younger, they would do these things called jumbo coloring and activity books. I'm I'm sure they still do them today, but they were kind of just like relatively inexpensive, like really thick books full of like, I don't know, you'd get a Star Wars one and it would have some coloring pages, but then it would have other pages with like mazes on them or like mm-hmm. ones where like those. half of the character was drawn and mm-hmm. you would have to draw the, you, you know what I'm talking about. I don't so I'm like, well... <laughs> What what would ours be like? Because I was thinking, um, just as a funny one, we could have a maze where, like, if you go down the wrong path of the maze, there's one right path and there's, like, five wrong paths. And each wrong path would lead to, like, a a boxed physical copy of Back for Blood on PS5. And then the, um, <laughs> the see, good path would the lead maze. to, like, Tropical Freeze or something. So the maze end goal is something just, like, it, it's a it's a great game. That's just, let's just say it's a great game. Yeah. In the maze, if you go to the wrong path, you'll it'll lead you down to live service games, <laughs> microtransaction games, uh back for blood game. Like it'll go to stuff that we probably dislike a lot that doesn't kind of forward the industry. Uh, yeah. everything has to be a live service for some reason, so that'll definitely be like a dead end puzzle right there. You reach there. Ooh, ooh. A good classic one is Find the Difference, where you have two pictures that are of the same scene, but there's like Ten small differences <laughs> that, that, oh, that you see on the screen. We could have a, a, a section where you cut it out with scissors. With the uh huh, <laughs> cut out with scissors. And you can make like like some like uh, arts or crafts out of it. Make some more yeah, a paper craft green badoof or something like something that. Something like that. <laughs> uh, and like we could have like coloring pages with markers on the map lore, like. The classic battle against Pop Red from episode 100 could be captured eternally in a coloring page. And, and you don't have to color Pop Red red. You could color him any color you want. That's the magic of the Jumbo activity and coloring book. Now, do we, release, do we have a Day Zero edition, a, a launch edition, and then like <laughs> the definitive edition? Why do I feel like a Day Zero edition, a launch edition, and a definitive edition would be the bad end to the maze pages? <laughs> uh, no, the definitive edition is good because, like, after a couple year, a year or two, they release everything with all the DLC and it's pretty good stuff on it. A definitive edition is pretty good. Okay, now, 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 now we've got the juices running. Imagine markers on the map 
jumbo coloring and activity book DLC pages. Oh, they well you have to like glue they're them not in. in a book, but like they're not in a book, but they come as little like inserts. Maybe you get a booster pack of five. You know, like no, a microtransaction. If, Are we if, turning into the game industry here? <laughs> you put stickers and you gotta buy them separate and get put them oh, on the God. book. All of them came with like a sticker sheet. Mm-hmm. That's the cool thing. Not enough for every page, but like man, if there was a really special page that you were proud of, you'd want to put like like a like a Darth Maul sticker on it or something. In our See, case, maybe like a Blast Wave the Echidna sticker. Now you got my brain rolling. What <laughs> if people release like modern day art? People release their books and it had a page full of like select stickers they would release as like you know what I mean? Like how oh, like an art book. You mean like okay, so like you'd have like an artist to do an art book mm-hmm. but have a sticker page. Yeah, and have a sticker page. Idea, I never thought about that, but like actually that would but I guess it sounds kinda separated. like a Patreon reward type thing, like your edition of the this whole thing kind of sounds like Patreon rewards. Like there might be a bonus page in there for you at this tier or whatever. Hmm. I wonder if we'll have you know in the very back of what this book should have? What? It should have a, a exact print copy of one in one admission to the haunted mansion movie that's can be redeemed to participating theaters and you just t- tear it out and show it to the theater and then participate and you can watch the haunted mansion and of course the reprint copy does not have the <laughs> yeah and the reprints don't and we're talking eddie murphy haunted mansion like that's that's the one that had the game with the movie yeah this new one, I don't even think had a movie tie-in game. Probably not even a mobile game. No, they should. You just know the movie Renfield had a mobile game. The it one did. With Nicolas Cage. It was like Vampire Survivors. Whoa. <laughs> See, oh, now but- <laughs> we're gonna talk about tie-in movie games. Oh god. Okay, so there's the uh, um. Okay, so like, so Mar- markers on the map. Of course, it like since it's lore. Um, sometimes th- we could do like of course tie in with this particular lore for example if there's lore in episode 150 hint hint we could do a special like commemorative edition featuring the lore of episode 150 <laughs> what if uh now i'm thinking what if we release a one of one of a kind special crayola crayon <laughs> a one yeah God, now I w- it would be the same color as the current logo of the podcast. It'd be yellow, That's the color like I would want it to be, like a mixture green. of yellow and green. <laughs> so, like, it's a green crayon, but it has parts of a yellow crayon in it. Not, like, half of it, but it's, like, polka dotted with yellow and green, so you get this weird color. Yes, it reminds me of the, um, the, the, so after, in Bionicles, then this is way down the rabbit hole here. In Bionicles, there was How do we a- get to Bionicles? <laughs> so, here we go. <laughs> Um, there, there was a, there was a, um, line of Bionicles. They were the villains. They came out first. I forget that was that what they were called. Like, like, a, I forget what they were called, but they had little worms inside of them, like little rubber worms. So like first there was ones that were transformed into like balls and they had like rubber masks, but then mm-hmm. there was ones with rubber worms. And one of them was the same kind of like oozy green and yellow that the current logo for the podcast is. And that's the only thing I always think of when I come to that color. So, like, I don't know where I was getting with that. But as soon oh. as I started saying about something about the color, I was like, okay, that was that color. <laughs> what if each coloring book, one of them comes with a secret ring? Oh. <laughs> Bring it back. That could go, like, Green Lantern rings, Sonic in the secret rings. It could do a lot of things. One of those things is video game related. 
I like how this is completely morphed in the most brilliant of ways. <laughs> okay, back to basics here. Uh-huh. I'd say jumbo coloring book, 100 pages, 50 coloring pages, 10 mazes, 10 draw the other half, 10 find the difference, 10 traditional mazes, and... A partridge in a pear tree? Yeah. Oh, connect the dots. That's the <laughs> one we're missing. We're missing connect the dots. Imagine connecting the dots and you look at the picture and you're the like, oh, page. it's the gamekeeper. Well, the sticker page is either at the front or the very back. Okay. Or two sticker pages. One at the front, one at the back. Okay. Like, oh, I used all my stickers. I'm at the end of the book. Oh, wait, there's more stickers here. Because, you know, when you have something like that, you don't want to spoil it. You don't want to flip through the book and, oh, yeah. It's like a calendar. You don't want to spoil your, like, page-a-day calendar or stuff like that. But, um. Yeah, that was my idea that's been rattling around in my head this week. The markers on the map, jumbo coloring, and activity book. <laughs> okay. Anyway, I think that's good enough for our intro this week. Uh-huh. This is Markers on the Map. It's a weekly podcast gaming adventure where this week, um, it's launch lineup week. It's something we do in between seasons of our Pokemon Drip segment um, where we take a look at... Uh, console we alternate choosing the console um and we look at the like what games came out and like discuss what came out when they when that system launched in uh, north america um so before we get started my name is daniel and i'm here with my good friend and co-host robert to whom the question is eternally how you doing oh it's busy 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 just been really busy uh tell me about life it. <laughs> life just being busy but uh, all in all, good. Uh, my allergies are just kind of crazy, but all in all, just doing I feel pretty the well. same. Yeah, so busy. All, all is still well, so everything's uh, good. How, how about you? How's how your week been? Um, it's been busy too, actually. Um, but so quick update. La- last week we talked about Armored Core Six. Yeah, was on Chapter Three, and since we last recorded, as a matter of fact, like five days later, I had already beaten the game a third time. <sighs> so. <laughs> once you start getting into the flow of armored core 6 you can beat the game in less than like five hours and new game plus and new game plus plus wait are wait radically different you you beat it five days later no i beat it a couple <laughs> days later and then by five days later i had beaten it for the third time mm-hmm, five okay yeah um oh shoot <laughs> i got that inside joke that <laughs> Yeah, why yes um but yeah i'll, I'll probably talk about it next week but the, the new game plus and new game plus plus do some like radically different things that i actually wasn't expecting so um that's pretty cool other than that i've been like you know busy i finished my fall guys season pass at least to level 40 and i, I played a little bit of turtles but that's pretty much it aside from maybe like two hours of samba de amigo because mm-hmm. man that game tires you out really fast that's the most physical game i've ever played and i've played ring fit adventure ring fit adventure I haven't thought about that in a while i wonder if they'll ever do yeah. a sequel to that oh wait no that was ring that was boxing but i wonder if they'll do a sequel to ring fit i feel like i mean it's still in a top it might have got kicked out of the top 10 i'm not sure but it's still a top 11 at least seller on the switch so i wonder if they'll um, ever do a sequel to that yeah i People imagine at least that. on this what like whatever comes out yeah it's somebody uh awesome games done, or summer games done quick um speed ran like mm-hmm. the first chapter um but i'm assuming like it did good enough to get a sequel on like whatever the next console is 
Um, but Dude, so quick, I have this big like dilemma where it's like I want to so bad buy another Switch. Like oh, I should just buy the OLED. But our part of me knows like, bro. The minute you buy this new Switch, they're going to announce the 2. Just hold out. I'm like, I waited this long. I can still just hold out for the 2. I I have a Switch and a Switch Lite, but I'm probably going to get an OLED just to, like, keep boxed. Mm-hmm. Case, I used you know, this, yeah. Be, because I do have a first-party collection that's not complete by any means yet, um, but I'm trying to work on it, and I just want access to be able to have access to those games you know, whenever. So having a like a backup OLED and maybe mm-hmm. a set of Joy Cons or t- like my Joy Cons, I need a new set. I've needed oh. a new set for a while. It's really difficult to play any games that you know needed a stick right now on my Switch because of drift. But um, yeah, it future proofing my Switch collection is something I'd like to do because I really don't intend on ever doing this with another console mm-hmm. because like sometimes it's suffering. Like when stuff like bravely default comes out and there's a nintendo logo on the side it's like oh let me go ahead and get this and then you or fire emblem like fire emblem is just something that i have tried probably five or six times to get into now and it never works out for me and it always seems like it's worse and worse for me so um it's not probably something i'm gonna try with the switch 2 or whatever it will be called but yeah like honestly i don't know because you your switch collection is is decently sized i think no um <laughs> it's, just, it's like five games i think that's pretty like decently sized though it's well, not out of control like trying to get all the first part well games. i guess like, you you're, you're selective you've got some solid picks on there per, like saying. personality of of just me is when i do a hobby i like to just to do one hobby at a time like for 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 a minute, I was like music and record collecting, which I'm not gonna get, like give up. But it's like eventually at some point I will move on to another hobby, like gaming. My main one was PS5, so I really collected more for that. If you know, so yeah. at some point maybe if I go back to gaming, there's stuff I can buy for the Switch and just make my library a little bit you know bigger. But it's just like eh, it's just I, I take one hobby at a time. I'll do multiple hobbies at once. Yeah. I try to like I like for me it's it's gaming and then like the secondary hobby um that like usually gets up switching around like more frequently than I want like I have Gundam models that are like stacked up here that I need to build but I'm waiting for like certain things to drop on Paramount Plus to marathon because oh, I like for some reason the the idea of watching a show while building the Gundams is mm. very comfortable to me, but I'm waiting were, for a particular show. You were you were on a My Life as a Teenage Robot Paramount Plus like build Gundams phase where like that's where you would watch. Yeah, and, I did it with that and Chalk Zone. Yeah, exactly. You would just put on Paramount and then you just like just build Gundams out of, out of yeah. all that. So I'm actually waiting for Turtles, the original. So I think that's like later on this month. Uh-huh. Um, okay, but yeah. Um, as as uh, like for for buying a, a second switch, I think it's a good idea if you're like future proofing a collection. But it, you'd probably be fine just getting a pair of Joy Cons for the or another like or a Pro controller even because like Joy Cons are hit or miss, yeah. um, and Pro controllers are you know less hit or miss. Um, but yeah, that's that's my two cents on that. <laughs> oh, like I guess the only other thing before we get to like. I guess news heavy. There's not much stuff if we played. Uh, I did pre-order my limited run Jurassic Park stuff. 
Oh, yes, yes. The big prehistoric edition mm-hmm. set. So, limited run games. Um, we've talked about them a bit on this podcast for each of their releases. Um, they usually do, like, a regular release and, like, maybe a collector's edition. And then sometimes, say, for Scott Pilgrim, or in this case, Jurassic Park, or um, Shredder's Revenge did this, they'll have, like, an ultimate one that comes with, like... Uh, a treasure trove i would say of like bonus items mm-hmm. um like this one comes with like that acrylic lamp it comes with a poster it comes with the soundtrack for the games um some mini cartridge replicas poster. for the nes snes yeah uh, the game boy editions uh, id it's an id badge a poster a little uh dinosaur pixel uh like uh the lamp thing lamp, yeah the lamp, and then it comes with yeah. the steelbook the vhs style oh yeah yeah so they like limited run games also does like different cases for things like some like for scott pilgrim they did a genesis style case but they always make sure to include the regular case with it which is something that i wish like movie steelbooks would do because i don't like having steelbooks next to the the regular releases on my shelf (laughs) okay yeah i can see that but uh but yeah i bought the ps5 edition and then i got a regular switch edition i got obviously got the the big prehist- uh, prehistoric ps5 edition and if there's there's always room to plug our 100th episode where we did um play through the jurassic park snes game yes we did with the uh, greatest ending of all games <laughs> <laughs> oh it's my. one of the endings of all time definitely one of the endings <laughs> of all time yeah um so yeah limited run games um we might have a little bit on them in news today um but first this week like i said the launch lineup um so if you go back to launch lineup episodes will always be titles as such so you can always go back to the first launch or the launch lineup and the second launch lineup where we talked about the playstation 3 and the original xbox today we're shifting gears and looking at a handheld in nintendo's game boy advance which i believe the north american release was june 11th of 2001 um so yeah it was i i Okay, I was around when the Game Boy launched, but I was way too young to know what that was. I don't think I got mine till like 2006, 2005. So after the DS even. Even like the DS came out. I got it like a little bit after, only because it came with the Donkey Kong combo. So I already grew up with the SNES version, so that was obviously like a no-brainer. Uh... That was just, uh, that was just a random surprise gift, so I was very pleased by that. That was such a that was such a great gift. But uh, yeah, I said I was around, but not around to to like I I was around, but not around to see what the launch lineup was. I want if you were to tell me what the launch lineup is, I want to know. But I did have a, a Game Boy Advance, the original one, so I do kind of have some familiar like being familiar with what what it, you know what it was. Yeah, I got mine in two thousand one which was a year after I got my Game Boy Color, which was 2000. Um, and it's kind of funny to think that it, it came out in 2001. Game Boy Advance has, like, hundreds of games, yet the DS came over in, like, 2004, so only three years later. If you were to tell me, like, oh, when did the PS2 drop? Like, I'd be like, oh, like, 2005, right? Or 2004? They'd be like, no, that, no, that came out in 2000. I think. Yeah. 2000. <laughs> when did the PS3 drop? Oh, that came out, like, what? 2009 2010 no that came out in 2006 like 2000 i'm yeah. like oh man like when whenever we do ps2 launch lineup that's one that's like like I legendary want, why does the ps2 cycle seem so long but it was only for five six years 
because the they PS... continually made things for the PS2. Yeah. Kind of in the same way that they did with the Game Boy Advance. Because just because the DS showed up didn't mean they well, stopped making, you know, GBA DS games. was not a Game Boy, you know, sequel. Yeah. Nintendo, it like, could play quick, the Game Boy yeah. games on it even. So there was quick, no reason to stop making them. Quick backstories. Nintendo didn't want to slap the Game Boy name on the DS because if it failed, like the Virtual Boy, it was going to be hard to kind of bring back that, you know, Game Boy audience to a new system. So they, I'm pretty sure they're like, yeah, it's a handheld. It's technically sequel to the DS. It plays Game Boy games. Let's not throw the Game Boy name on there just in case it doesn't work. Obviously, they not necessarily were wrong, but they didn't have to worry about it failing because the DS became one of the most successful. Like, like it it's up there with, like, the Wii where everyone just had I mean, everyone it's had gotta two be pairs like of them. the highest selling handheld. I think it's the highest handheld at at this point. Yeah. Um, and numbers are probably closer to PS2 than anything. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's that's why it was never called like the Game Boy DS or it was just called Nintendo DS. But going ignoring the DS, yeah, back to the Game Boy, two thousand one it released uh uh we'll see what the launch lineup is. Like I said, I don't, I don't even remember what it was. Alright. So, um, my, my experience with the Game Boy Advance before it released, uh-huh. so like, <clears throat> and during the, the time when it released, cause I got mine about six months after it came out, was like seeing Nintendo Power Magazine, this is when I started reading Nintendo Power, like seeing the magazine at the library as a kid, and there's like a, there's a cover, a famous cover with a, the purple Game Boy Advance on the front, and then I would open it up and see previews for things like, again, we'll talk about Castlevania Circle mm-hmm. of the Moon. We'll talk about that in, in just a minute here. So, like, there was always the allure of, like, oh, there are really cool things that look way more advanced, no pun intended, than what I've been playing on my Game Boy Color, which at the time was things like Atlantis, The Lost Empire, and the Game Boy Color mm-hmm. port of Donkey Kong Country, um, and a few other things. I believe I had, like maybe a mario bros deluxe definitely a pokemon gold and silver i had and you know not not too many things so let's let's get in the launch lineup first army men advance so army men is a series that just kind of like pops up for now and then army men advance is more like just looking at screenshots it's not like the first one on game Boy advance is not quite isometric it just looks like you know, army men walking around on, like, a, a flat space, so it looked like it might have had, like, you know, four-directional movement, but it, it didn't look like anything special, which is weird because a lot of the games we'll be talking about a launch lineup look, like, very impressive for coming out on a handheld in 2001. Um, but, you know, army men is probably, like, as basic of a shooter you can have on a handheld it looks like you had a weapon and a grenade it it didn't look like all too impressive um but the next game castlevania circle of the moon that's a game Uh that i saw in a nintendo power in 2001 and did not actually play until castlevania advanced collection came out for ps4 a few years back um but this looked like the coolest game I had ever seen. Like, the monster design and the boss design. They would show these, like, zombies and bats in the pages of Nintendo Power. And these bosses that looked really cool and kind of creepy at the same time. Which, like, you know, Wario Land 4 later on in the Game Boy Advance's lifespan would, like, have some really creepy stuff. But, like, this looked so cool. What I will say about Circle of the Moon is that if I had played that when I got my Game Boy Advance... I would probably hate games because that game was impossible almost to do with save states and rewind on the PS4 version. Uh-huh. That is a brutally hard game. That is like an impossibly hard game where like taking one hit almost means the end of like 
like your save on a boss that takes like 500 hits to beat but it looks cool <laughs> yeah uh i guess what was crazy about the game boy advance that it's basically super nintendo in the palm of your yes hand. yes yes a little bit better though i think um maybe not sound wise ah, ah, but graphically no, I think graphically they're one for one, if not. No, because the Super Nintendo had better colors. I think the graphics and pixels were the same, but colors were not. So they had to kind of change up the colors. They did make everything a little bit brighter because before the SP came out, the there was no backlight on the screen. But I would, yes. I would, you know, kind of like color, like colors maybe is an argument to have, but like just pixel to like on a pixel to pixel basis. Um, something like a Mario Kart Super Circuit looked a lot better than, you know, Super Mario Kart. And the, the Game Boy Advance ports of the Mario games, um, looked comparable at least to, um, the All-Stars versions. I guess it's kind of the same level of, if something's released, like, years later from now that has the exact same hardware as the PS4... I think obviously after being years of knowing how the PS4 works, you're going to be able to do things you didn't think of when that was in its prime. So yeah. I think that Mario Kart Superstar can run in a Super Nintendo. It will if obviously they went back in time. was like, oh, well, we could just do this now. But I also do think there probably is some other technology that's not, uh, you know, allowing this. I'm actually to be impressed by some of the 3D stuff that the GBA can do. Yeah. Like even GBA in the launch lineup here. can do... I know way later it can do actual first person like games. I think it did Doom. I think Doom's an actual Game Boy Advance. There game. was a Spider Man movie tie in with some three D webs like web slaying. Like uh whatever you call it. <laughs> web traversal. <laughs> web traversal. I think it might have been Spider Man two for the Game Boy Advance. Like you could there was a there was like three D sections where he was going around swinging on webs. Um, but yeah, um, Choo Choo Rocket, that's one that it's a, it's like a Sega puzzle game. Um, there's older ones than the Game Boy Advance one, but it's not a series that shows up around, uh, like a lot. Earthworm Jim. So you had the, the classic Earthworm Jim, probably a port of the original. Um, I'm not entirely sure, but like, obviously Game Boy Advance could run more vivid things like that. Um, something the Game Boy Color couldn't do because like, I don't know, looking at the difference between the, um, like the Shantae at the end of the Game Boy Color and the the Shantae Advance that they're bringing back as a GBA release, um, you can see like the clear cut difference. Or even looking at Pokemon Gold and Silver versus Ruby and Sapphire, like the mm-hmm. difference is like massive. Um, there was Fire Pro Wrestling, which oh. looked like an isometric wrestling game, and this is something that you see a lot of on Game Boy Advance. Um, you see a lot of isometric stuff. Um, Mega Man Battle Network, those are all isometric. Um, a lot of other RPGs and stuff like Fire Pro Wrestling are, are isometric. So it just seemed like Game Boy Advance was something where the isometric perspective worked with. Whereas mm-hmm. something like the Game Boy Color, it's probably better to just stick to your tried and true. Either like, like top-down straight view or your side-scrollers. To that, all I have to say is... What? Oh, <laughs> you didn't hear it? No. I have my Game Boy Advance on me right now. Oh. I play, I play the little sound <laughs> It'll bit. probably show up in the in the, in the the uh, recording then. No, but I was also going to talk about how the... Do you remember the e-reader cards? 
Yes, dude, I had an e-reader. I had an e-reader. It was kind of silly how you had to scan five cards just to play, you know, uh, 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 like Donkey Kong 3, but here we are. Like, because obviously I have it. I brought brought out my, my Game Boy Advance because... I was like, you know, I can actually talk about just the hardware itself. If you look, because I'm looking at it, I'm pretty sure you know what the original looks like. I prefer the original over the the SP. Like, it's a very uh, comfortable thing in the whole. It's it, very like, I like it. I to like this the SP day, too. Don't get me wrong, but I do like the Game Boy. This game. is comfortable. It's just it had everything right. It had good feeling buttons and feedback. They weren't mushy, but they also weren't very stiff to push down. Like you can. You know, push it down. Very good plastic. It wasn't going to wear down. Buttons, the start and select were very soft rubber. Because you know you weren't going to be pressing those that often. So it wasn't like you were gaming with them. You have shoulder buttons. You got your left and your right. Everything is just a a simple switch on and off. A volume and headphone jack. Uh, It takes uh, two AA batteries. and uh, Not three. Not three AAA batteries. I was trying to figure out how to put the other thing in it, but yeah, it wasn't going to work. But like two AA batteries, it seems to last very, a long time, because I, I remember having it stay in the red light and still not give out on me for like hours on end. Yeah. It's a it, it's a really nice, I had a white one. It's a really nice thing. I, I had still the purple had my one. original one. Yeah. Like, I had so the purple cool, one, man. gave it away, but I found a red one later. I have the yes, red one now. The classic red Target edition. Yeah, which um, is all. That's another one we can also talk about how much there was just different variants of the Game Boy like and store. You can, like I had like no joke. It's the Target Red Edition. It has a Target logo, and yes, that sounds goofy, but like you could go to a Target, Toys R Us, Walmart, uh, Kmart. You go to every type of store, and they would have a version of like their special edition. And it's like Toys R Us had that green Game Boy color that I really liked. Mm-hmm. Or was it a regular? It might have been a regular Game Boy. It was like neon green or something like that. It was very cool. Yeah, but just like the one thing it lacked was just the light. Even though in Japan they had the Game Boy Pocket Light, regular Game yeah. or just the Game Boy Light, where it was a Game Boy with a backlight. It just did take Nintendo a while to start figure out, like, hey, maybe we should put a light into these. But the hardware, this is whole console. You know what's crazy? These, this console. The Game Boy Advance, I will tell you this, it's just like the original stories of people telling you, like, oh, man, I took my Game Boy and I dropped it 30 feet, you know, in the air, <laughs> and it still works. And it's true, because I remember as a child one time, I didn't think this, I was a child, I washed my Game Boy in water. It still oh worked. God. It still worked, like, legit, I was like, oh, it don't work anymore. And then days later, I checked on it, and it turned back on like nothing happened. And I was just like, all right, it works. That's actually nuts. <laughs> so that's a real like that. How how to like tell you that these things last? I washed it with water, and I I thought it was done for. And then I said days later, I turn it back on, and it just worked. That's like, a happened. that's still a don't try this at home, kids. No, <laughs> don't try it at home. But the just the launch lineup. I want to know what I would pick up. Maybe I would have picked up Castlevania. I know there's still more, a couple more to come, but I feel like Castlevania definitely would have been on one of those. I would have picked up moment. Well, if I had known. GT Advance Championship Racing would be mm-hmm. on my radar because I'm looking at screenshots of this game and my god, it looks like a PS1 level like uh-huh. racing game. Like no joke here. Like this is a game that came out for the Advance in 2001 and it looks, you know, like like a Ridge Racer on the PS1 or a Gran Turismo. It it looks that good. Like obviously it's probably not going to run as well, sound as good, or play as you know. Cr- 
crisp mm-hmm. as something like Ridge Racer, but like just the screenshots alone are very impressive for this. When I like, I, I, and some of these games are like highly regarded too. But I was looking mm-hmm. at this and I was like, whoa, this is this is like nuts actually um it, it in 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 some screens it looks better than even super circuit which wasn't a launch title mm-hmm. um there's iridian 3d which is a 3d um like a shoot 'em up almost mm-hmm. kind of in the vein of something like um that one game for the genesis that i'm completely like uh ah i, I forget what it's called but it's that one game where you're um space harrier there we go space oh. harrier um, took me a minute to to think of that. Um, then you have things like Namco Museum, which you know Namco Museum gets put on everything. Um, this was Miss mm-hmm. Pac Man, Dig Dug, Galaga, Galaxian, and Pole classics. Position. Classics. Yeah, classics that you might play for uh, five minutes at here the, or there. At the time, that was something new because you wouldn't think about like, wow, an arcade game in the palm of my hand. It's one of the things that would, I think that like PS two eras when they kind of started the whole let's release arcade yeah. games on home consoles because like we were, a genesis has, collection or yeah, something like, it's pretty close to the arcade at this point so you we like I, yeah basically until up to the ps2 there was no console that can match up to arcade graphics until the dreamcast dropped and yeah. then ps2 and so I was like, okay these are pretty much like arcade one for one like they're pretty much the same so they had namco museum but a month later they'd get pac-man collection mm-hmm. which i had because Pac-Man Arrangement was on that, and that is the best version of Pac-Man to ever exist. Um, so by default, the Pac-Man Collection wins over the Namco Museum. <laughs> Probably would have picked one of those up. Mm-hmm. Um, they also had Konami Crazy Racers, which was, you guessed it, a kart game based on Konami properties. Um, didn't have Snake, but it did have Cyborg Ninja from Metal Gear Solid in no it. No cardboard box? No cardboard box. But it had... um. Frank. <laughs> You're that Frank ninja. Yeager. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, this looked like another good one. Also seems like it's highly regarded. But, mm-hmm. like, thinking about that GT Advanced Championship Racing, I'm like, dude, this is, like, actually nuts to have a realistic-looking car game on in a handheld. Mm-hmm. Like, not not six months after, like, Shantae came out. or I think Shantae might have even come out after some of these Game Boy Advance came because it was really late in the, in the Game Boy Color mm-hmm. cycle. Um... Then there was some platformers. There's like this game, Pinobi, Wings of Adventure, uh-huh. where you play as like a bee, and it's got like almost Mortal Kombat esque like rendering to it, what? and it's this like platformer, <laughs> like the rendering where they look like they're kind of like okay. you know, like they're kind of like three D, but they're not. Yeah, they took like an actual model of a person, and just put it into pixels, and made it into like. Except it's a character. It's mm-hmm. this. Bee dude that looks like Buck Bumble's long lost cousin Pinocchio. It's a sequel. It's a secret prequel to Buck Bumble. <laughs> the secret prequel to Buck Bumble. <laughs> I wonder who published it. Activision published it. <laughs> so, because <laughs> we know that um, Buck Bumble was Ubisoft. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of Ubisoft, um, Rayman Advance was a thing. I had Rayman mm. Advance. Rayman Advance was the GBA port of the original Rayman. And it was, like, a really cool game. I beat it a ton. I always found, like, the bosses to be, like, mildly frightening and kind of off-putting. Um, and the game to be pretty tough. Like, I remember in Rayman Advance, there is a boss that's, like, a giant saxophone. And I remember being so hyped for finally getting to it. And then it just, like, destroyed me for, like, 
two or three days before I finally beat it. Like, mm-hmm. this was the, the time of games when you would, like, have to struggle because there was no modern conveniences, mm-hmm. like save points and stuff like that. It's like, you go into this level, you have to beat this level and this boss, otherwise you can't get to the next level. Um, but Rayman Advance, yeah, I, I played that a lot and found it to be fun. I honestly wish I still had my copy. Because, um, like, they don't make Rayman games like this anymore. Um, they do make the really nice Rayman Origins and Rayman Legends, but these older ones, like Rayman 1, have a, a mm. unique, almost, like, fever dream quality to them. Um, they also did Pitfall, the Mayan Adventure, which was, you know, another platformer. You're playing as the... I don't know his name, so we'll just Jack call Black. him that guy, Jack Black. Because <laughs> <laughs> every that time... Anytime you mention people, you have to mention that Jack Black's first, like, gig was an extra in, like, introducing Pitfall for the original uh, Atari. I actually did not know that. <laughs> Wait, what? I did yeah, not Yeah, the original, know that. uh, the original, not the, the original Atari, was it the Atari 5200? Uh, something like that. Something like that. Yeah, Jack Black's first ever, like, I think gig, like, you can tell he was a child actor, it was, he was, like, the first person you see when you, when it was uh, the commercial for Pitfall. I'll just send you that. Huh. You learn something new every day. Um, this looked like a, you know, a normal platformer. There might have been some, like, light combat elements. The graphics looked alright. It looked almost Donkey Kong Country-esque, um, looking at some of these screenshots. Like, the trees, the climbing up on the trees, um, the backgrounds, and the rendering of everything looked a little Donkey Kong Country-esque. Mm-hmm. Um, as, you know, probably not something I would have picked up. Ready to Rumble Boxing, probably another thing that I wouldn't, uh have picked up because it just looks like an 2d fighter boxer game um you know at at the time there was stuff on the snes like this um Mm. and i I don't really like the cover of this game i don't think i would have seen this at the store and said oh i gotta get this i I mean i know you can't judge a game by the cover but (laughs) Mm -hmm. um there's also super dodgeball advance which was you guessed it a dodgeball game um it looked very like I mean, who would have thought, right? Um, it looks very colorful, but at the same time, it probably felt a little one note. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's not something I probably probably would have latched onto. And Tony Hawk's Pro Skater Two. Um, so the the Pro Skater games and all Tony Hawk games on the the Game Boy Advance are isometric, but they mm. are also kind of fun. I didn't play Pro Skater Two in particular, but I played like the one that came out after like Tony Hawk's underground or whatever it was called. Like these are kind of fun for being an isometric skateboarding game on a small screen. Like Mm -hmm. you can do some cool tricks. Um, I remember like the horse mode where you would have to do a trick and get the letter H and then get the letter O and then get the letter R stuff like that. Um, it was really fun. Um, but at the time I probably wouldn't have thought twice because, uh, it's like, oh, there's a real person on this cover. I'd want to go to the last title in the launch lineup, Super Mario Advance. Now on Super Mario Advance Mm -hmm. at the time, 2001, where I got Super Mario Advance, I believe for Christmas that year, I actually did not know that Super Mario Advance is just a port of Super Mario Bros. 2. As a matter of fact, mm. I didn't learn that about any of the advanced games until much later on. Um, so, like, ignorance is bliss in that, you know, in that sense, I guess, because I found Super Mario Bros. Uh, advanced to be, like, really cool. 
it has some voice acting that isn't present in any other versions. So you get to hear Birdo, Mauser, or, or Wart, or the snake thing, or the robo-Birdo. You get to hear them, like, shout catchphrases at you. Um, and, of course, Super Mario Bros. 2 is, like, a, a very underrated classic. Um, and we've played through it before mm. we started the podcast on, on the Switch Online. But, yeah, Super Mario Bros. 2 is a classic. I guess it didn't really like work for me in that sense the not knowing that there was this was a port because i i played it before mm-hmm. so i kind of knew that i was like oh yeah this is just a, a port of that version down to the handheld mode the funny thing is we had an nes when i was a kid from our neighbor but we never got it to work and i did have super mario bros 2 and zelda but since mm. the nes didn't work i was never able to play them which means by the time Super Mario Advance came out, I was like, oh, wow, this is like the newest game in the Mario saga. Um, and it, and all the Mario Advance games came with a copy of Mario Bros. as well. So you could, if you needed a break from platforming, you could, do, you know, go do some Mario Bros. I don't remember. If, that was an arcade game, wasn't it? The original? I believe right? so, yeah. There's an arcade version, but then there was a port to the NES. See, see now I want to know which one was... I think the arcade was first. I don't think... I think if if I had to bet, I think because the NES wasn't really a thing yet, I'm pretty sure they would have started with the arcade market. Yeah, I feel right? like I feel like that's a good guess. Like I don't actually know based off just mm-hmm. thinking about it, but I think like much like Donkey Kong, the arcade version was probably first. Um, yeah, but the the one on the Game Boy Advance is like uh you know it's a it's, it's a modernized good. version. You it's know a what? modernized version just like the I don't think Mario it's the first Bros. one. Too. I think. Mario, one of the Mario Deluxe had that version as well for the original Game Boy, which I will say is another launch title that you're forgetting because I know we said through, but this is another thing about it. Technically, every single Game Boy and Game Boy Color game was a launch title because Game Boy Advance games can play all previous Game Boy games. Yeah, so you had a you had a back catalog already, um, and this was something Nintendo was really cool for because they would continue to let you play the previous gen on the next system like when the ds came out you could play Mm -hmm. game boy advance games on it when the 3ds game uh came out you can play your regular ds games and dsi games on it stuff like that um so you did it was like a ps5 scenario where like oh i've got you know a hundred ps plus games in my ps4 library but i couldn't play ps3 games on ps4 but no you can play ps5 games or ps4 on five it's like this if you want the ultimate game boy and ds game console get a ds Lite. it plays all of advance and it plays it's got a brighter ds yes if you want the ultimate ds and 3ds games get one of the what was the like the last like 2ds model they dropped the new 3DS. yeah like the new 3ds or the new 2ds get one of those because it plays all your ds games and all your 3ds games on one so it's kind of like that yeah like if you want the ultimate playstation get a ps3 that's backward compatible one and two and three and if you want your new one just get five because it'll play all the four games so i guess the question then after going over the titles as always is well the first question is what games would we get if we got this at launch now keeping in mind i got mine six months after launch and i got like wario land for um super mario advance that christmas Mm -hmm. and I'm struggling to remember what else I had around then. Maybe Rayman Advance was a Christmas gift that year. Um, but I didn't have too much because I was like really into Wario and Pokemon wouldn't come out until a while later. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I was here June 11th um, or here at the launch of the Game Boy Advance, because, you know, I, I got mine in uh-huh. that December, I'd probably go for Castlevania. 
Definitely. GT Advance because if I saw pictures of that, I'd be like, man, I gotta have this. Uh-huh. Um, it's Super Mario, of course. Yes, definitely. We're on that one. And honestly, in hindsight, like looking at it from like a 2023 perspective, I'd probably go pick up Pro Skater 2 because I'd probably heard that the the, the console versions of Pro Skater 2 is a perfect 10 out of 10 game. Um, if I was adventurous, I might go for the Konami Crazy Racers to add another racing game on. And other than that, if I was a if I was a fan of Earthworm Jim, maybe. Or, mm-hmm. you know, if I had seen some screenshots of Panobi, that might be cool. But, yeah, that, for me, I think Sumari Advance, Castlevania are probably the big heavy hitters here. Yeah, I, for me, I'm not really, like, a lot into the launch titles. I'll pick up one or two. So, I think the one or two for me would have just been Castlevania Mario. That would have yeah. been, like, advanced. So, they, that would have been probably it for me realistically. I feel like those are the safest and also the highest rated bets to have mm-hmm. here. Yeah, that's um, like, if me just playing it safe, I would just pick those two up. Yeah. Um... So yeah, how would we rate this? I'd say this is a, it's just, it's say it not comes with the best. A lot of things. It comes with a lot of very you There's get a some lot variety, of like sure. type of variety of games. So I give it a salt. I mean, for what was to become later of the advance, but like seeing the launch title of it, because knowing what came later, it's a ten out of ten handheld. But seeing the launch and maybe seeing the potential, I think I would have given it a solid like seven to eight, like around. Yeah, that I was like, gonna say it, seven myself. I think even back then, I could see like there's potential in this if what they're releasing now, like if what they're releasing now is this, I can't wait for what's you know years to come. Yeah, um, bonus points obviously for having something as incredible as that GT Advance um here mm-hmm. at launch so that's before mario kart super circuit came out and like this is a really good looking game a game that looks so good that i i'm going to have to track down a copy of that to to play mm-hmm. it because it looks you know it looks good enough to play in, in in the modern setting um so yeah game boy advance launch lineup uh fairly like variety like good variety here um honestly yeah seven or eight like you said so yeah, um, God, that took a lot of. <laughs> that was a, a that chunk. was a long breakdown here. Um, let's let's quickly talk about what we saw in the Super Mario Wonder direct. Yeah, it's, um, oh man, like so I was like, okay, we're gonna have a direct for a Mario game. Why? Yeah, and then I saw the direct. I'm like, oh, now I know why. There is a See, lot more stuff in here that they hid to that. Yeah, it, I feel like. We can go another hour just talking about this direct, but I feel like a part of me before we started, after we finished watching it, said we should just hit kind of basic points because I feel like the one thing I want to say right now is if you were remotely interested at all, go watch the direct for yourself because there's so much stuff to go over that it would take hours to talk about. Yeah, I just think plus we we're really gonna do an episode on this points. before 150 as well, yeah. Um, because this comes out in October 20th, I, yeah. I believe. Um, so just off the top here, you know, go watch the Direct if you want to know about the power-ups and the playable characters and everything. Um, something I wanted to bring up was the multiplayer, which yeah. I think is the most novel concept for an online multiplayer in a game like this I've ever seen. You are not playing directly with people, but you are seeing them playing with you in real time, and you can, like give each other items or help each other if you fall stuff like that with people that are just playing the level in online mode it's it's the best way to progress the whole how do we get people to interact with each other but not have sabotage and ruin someone's time Mm -hmm. have it where you can help each other but you can't 
negatively affect someone's gameplay where like you are directly responsible for their downfall in that in that level which i appreciate a lot because i think some people would like to mess around with some people but some people on there are just like i'm not in the mood for that i just want to have my spare time and have fun and obviously i do think there may be someone who is not as well as super mario they're not this is our first time going at it so it's someone to actually give like the veteran giving the new person like oh yeah like i'll help you out that's how you do it you know try new things see things that they may have never thought of kind of like that yeah um i also like the fact that there's a number tied to it like the more you help the more points you get i instantly compared this to death stranding when Mm. i first saw the direct i'm like this is mario bros version of death stranding where you are placing a sign to help somebody like in death stranding like in death stranding you brush past somebody's sign and you might get a like that contributes to your rating or if somebody brushes past your sign you might get a like for that I think the big points for me that I like to bring up is every Mario game that comes out and it has new type, a new world, a new enemy, and new abilities are always the best ones. If you look yeah. at the first one and then you look at Super Mario for Super Nintendo, it's like crazy how different they are, but the same type of game. That's why I feel like with this one, we're seeing not just the same enemy type which they're still there there's still some koopas yeah you still have your basic enemies but we have all of these new things there's a lot of new ones i feel like that i that's what i'm really wanting out of it's just like give me something different like obviously keep it the same not in the sense of keep it one for one but like keep it the basic like like recipe of it but just keep adding different things to see what sticks and what's fresh and new about it and also how it it artistically looks better and it i feel like takes a lot of that idea of the, a lot of the older sort of Wii era Super Mario games kind of like all look the same. Three yeah, levels will look exactly Super Mario the same. Series, which was the last refresh of the series. And yeah. this was 07 for the DS? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, at least now it kind of no, has that. I'm sorry, 05. 05, it was 05. I'm looking. Now I'm picturing like, I'm picturing the title screen. It does say 05. I say, artistically, I like that they're having different type of styles for each sort of level so far. The way they're presenting it. Um, another thing is like with those multiplayer like signs, there are different ones that gives it a collectible factor to it, but there's also new badges and badges are something that you can equip one per level and they might let you run forever or, um, climb on walls or like do a grappling hook. Mm -hmm. Um, but then there's weird ones like turn yourself invisible to enemies and yourself, which would create not only replayability, but interesting challenge runs. Mm-hmm. Like I could see a marathon setting being like uh, Super Mario invisible Wonder run. 100% invisible mode, stuff like uh, that. Uh, is it a grapple hook mode? Because I call yeah. it the grapple hook, but it's a vine. Like do every level with this badge because I'm sure every level should and could be completed with every badge. I'm not sure, but I mean like that's the that that would be the aim here that would give the game so much replayability because i think in the modern day um the fear about a 2d platformer is is this going to be worth the money well so far what i'm seeing from aria wonder says it's worth the money um between all their new features all these collectibles and everything it's it's not something we usually see in a mario game um so they're kind of embracing modern game design but also like I was reading earlier this week that this game had no deadline, which means that the developers were free to take as long as they want and stuff as many cool, new, interesting things into this game as they want without fear of like, oh, we have to ship this product by this date. And that alone 
makes me feel like this is going to be one of the best reviewed games not just of the year but of the generation mario always has this tendency to be it's it's not even like not for every game but for platformers mario is the the straight up uh he's the roof the and the undisputed wall. what champion. you want to hit when you make a platform it's like if mario does it you have to do it just as well or 10 times better i'm looking at donkey kong because i think donkey kong is a better for me personal wise franchise and and, and whole series but like i said you want to hit that mark it's the mark that people want to hit in gaming definitely something to look forward to now we do have some other news stories mm-hmm. but we're going to save a couple of them for next week, but we do have one last one to talk about because mm-hmm. I believe this change takes place on the day this episode of Markers on the Map goes up. PS Plus prices are increasing, and Boo. it's nuts. It's bad. Um, Boo. So I, I am a defender of premium because I enjoy premium giving me access to streaming ps3 games as well as the classic ps1 games and you know psp stuff because i've put countless hours into the ridge racer games um fun fact i believe you can actually go and purchase um ridge racer 4 and ridge racer 2 Mm -hmm. for psp um on their own now without having nav plus um but i cannot defend this price increase so um Uh, i will like you've seen these right yeah it's ridiculous. Essentials going up to eighty dollars. Yeah, I eighty dollars. <laughs> I believe that we are now everyone. I think this is not a crazy thing to say. Everyone is tired of having to pay sixty bucks a year just to play with your friends online. I understand if you want to give out discounts and free monthly games and unlocking a category of certain things yes you can pay for that service but for the service to play with just your friends online on any game you want should not be behind a paywall if anything this should be a lower price to where play with your friends should just be a 30 so you're talking a year like original like ps thing. plus on the ps3 yeah, where like, it was an optional thing if it, if they just want to be like 30 dollars, play with your friends and cloud safe i would gladly pay 30 dollars. i'll pay 40 dollars even i will not want to pay no $80 just for the essential and anyone can just wait for the Black Friday sale which obviously won't be as well we do yeah like it won't be as well as obviously like how it would be or should be but it's just ridiculous to think that no one there is a group of people who are like I don't care for the monthly games I just want to play with friends especially where games now that give the free-to-play games free online you don't have to pay for service it should be just what it is now it's such an old habit of paying for a monthly game to play with your friends that's such a just a dying way of of thinking how to play with friends yeah well it it gets worse because uh extra is going to 135 Mm -hmm. from 100 um extra gives you access to the streaming library of ps4 and ps5 titles as well as a, a frequent new release game something we'll talk about soon here is sea of stars a very like a, a big game of the year contender that was just given for free on on ps plus extra mm-hmm. um i've dabbled in it a bit haven't had the time to get like really get into it but it's a prequel to that um devolver game the messenger mm-hmm. um so you know this this tier is increasing to 135 the worst of all is premium which is getting a 40 dollar increase of 120 to 160 dollars a year um premium is the tier that i've been subscribed at since it came out and yes there is there are a few things in gaming right now that are more ridiculous than this increase as a matter of fact this might be the most ridiculous thing in gaming right now i 
I've always said 120 for premium for what you get. I enjoy that. I enjoy that I'm getting Twisted Metal and Twisted Metal 2 and all kinds of PSP releases of more obscure games, but I cannot justify that yeah. amount of a price increase I out of nowhere. Will, I will say this. 120 was already too much. And that was, I will think about it. 160, never. I will never do that price for that. I don't care what they offer. No, that is too much. That is yeah. just for a this hobby like that people have. feels like something that Microsoft was trying to do a while back, but and then Microsoft they backpedaled. Got so much, they got they so much. Back, it, right? yes, they backpedaled it, So, okay, say, okay, it was a smart idea. We'll, we'll keep it the same. So, why does Sony think it was the smart idea to do the exact same thing? Please don't do this. Do I not do it. I wonder if they'll don't look at the, the subscribers that they might lose because of this price increase and dial it back. It's, it's, it's just it's something ridiculous. like that. Like, I've always, like, we've always been on, on different ends of premium because I, I for one, enjoy all the classics they throw at us. Mm. But I, I am with you on 160 being just, 120 is the absolute highest premium should be. So if they are, you know, going 40 extra dollars, they've got to do something more impressive than what they're currently doing for, and, and even then. That's a DS game price back in 04, $40. Mm-hmm. That's crazy to increase that by $40. Maybe if the whole entire PS1 library, PSP library, Vita library, and PS2 library was you know, accessible like most of the PS3 was, but even then, that's 40 extra dollars a year for I, an online subscription. I just believe so hard. Having to pay to play with your friends is ridiculous stop doing it it's ridiculous and it really needs to stop that should not and, be and it any only affects a handful of games nowadays because your free to play games don't require it exactly so it's only if you're playing premium call of duty or fighting games stuff like that like we do engage with fighting games um or like say your beat-em-ups like shredder's revenge stuff like that um you're having to pay to play online with the games that are paid games, which just seems backwards, doesn't it? It's 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 the whole system of not only did I have to pay for my own place, not I only to did pay Call for of my Duty own console, call, like cost a hundred and twenty dollars, but now <laughs> pay for my own internet, pay for my own everything, and now on top of that, you want me to pay how much just to play with my friend online? It's just it. That's why it's like. People want to say, why does Fortnite, Apex, and Warzone stay for so long? It's because it's free. Anyone can play. They don't need to pay an extra service to play with their friends. They just need the console. Okay, so uh, during our conversation, we were wrapping up our conversation about PS Plus uh, and the that real tough, like, bad price increase. Um, Robert's uh, audio uh, got disconnected. <laughs> I'm actually talking to him on Discord right now as we as we wrap up the episode, but his audio did get cut. So um, we'll we'll, we'll go ahead and wrap this one up. So I'll say, Robert, you think we've done an episode this week? He said that should wrap it up. <laughs> so we want to thank you guys so much for listening. Please follow us on X at Markers on the Map. Listen to us on Apple Podcasts where you can leave a five star rating and review. Leave a uh, like, subscribe, download an episode. All that good stuff helps. Um, we're also on Google Podcasts and Spotify. Um, we'll be back next week with more games, a new season of Pokemon Drip, more news, all that good stuff. And we do like to end every episode with a world famous video game quote. 
To which this week's quote reads, You know, Ellie, we really are the Nickelodeon Kart Racers 3 Slime Speedway. And we will see you guys next time. Bye. And I know Robert's saying later right now.